I'm Tracy Burns. I'm a financial advisor with UBS. This podcast has been a passion of mine. You're going to learn five things and then you're going to move on with your life because we all have things to do. My mission has always been and will continue to be to help women through divorce, transition, to help empower them. I have a super soft spot for female founders, entrepreneurs, small businesses, and of course, closing the wage gap. I have three teenagers, two are girls, so I have a personal interest. So this little podcast is a small piece of helping us get there. Before I introduce our guest today, please take a a moment to listen to the previous podcast. There's some great stuff. Five things your business should be thinking about right now. The people that you should be surrounding yourself with. Got to talk to Cindy Eckert, a self-made billionaire with a B. And she says, you need to be quirky to make it. So there's some good stuff out there. Please check it out. But Sarah Feingold is with us right now. She has done more in her short little career than many will do in generations of lifetimes. She's the (laughs) co-founder of The Fourth Floor, which I'm going to allow her to talk about this amazing women's networking. I mean, just a place to go to, but she's vetted these female founders, professionals, brought them together, and her goal is to get more women on boards, made up mostly of um, attorneys, she herself is an attorney. She was GC at Room.com most recently, senior counsel at Etsy, which she's going to tell us about. Thank you for doing this. I know that you're jammed. Your day's insane. Um, but I love the mission you're on, and that's what attracted to me to you and your organization in the first place. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Tracy. And um, yeah, so do you want me to talk a little bit about the fourth floor? You have to. Yes, you have to, because it's amazing. And I think people should check it out. And just I'm going to plug it for you. It's the fourth is spelt out floor dot co. So go check it out. Okay. Great. Yes, please check it out. So our, our philosophy at the fourth floor is we're trying to solve two problems. One, women have a hard time getting board seats and stop. We all know that. And two, Women have a really hard time scaling their companies. They have a hard time getting money for their companies. They have a hard time, you know, building an amazing brand. And our philosophy is if we can bring together two highly entrepreneurial, um, highly motivated groups of women, the female founders and the professionals, amazing things will happen. We can create wealth. We can create board seats. We can scale companies and we can all rise to the next level. Basically, we're trying to convince smaller companies to build up their boards and professionals that they should be on these boards. And this is just going to be helpful for the board members to be able to start a board career and for the companies to be able to utilize expertise and grow their companies. What's amazing, too, about this is, you know, you and I are just offline. We're talking about how I want to be a board member someday. and, and But I might be like, you know, I, I'm doing air quotes, inexperienced or young. And I think that there's so many women who want to help women out there that being a board member on a small startup, for instance, you don't have to pay me. You know, we could help each other. You're doing me, you're helping me because now you're building my resume and I'm helping you with whatever I could bring to the table, right? So there's, there's a great way to barter this as well. Win-win. I mean, you can imagine having you on a on a board of a smaller company, you being able to bring in your expertise and your network to really help uh, create opportunities and to uh, scale a company. And they could use you for your strategic business guidance and your credibility and investors could, could love that you're on their board. And then you can use this board seat to leverage a board seat at a bigger company if you wanted to. Right. And, and speaking of leverage, this is exactly what you did. You <laughs> leveraged yourself to get into Etsy. So you, you, 
so you have to tell everyone how you did this because we don't hear these stories, dare I say, from women very often. You just like, you don't. And it's sad, but we don't. So you have yeah. to tell it. Yeah, especially lawyers. I think lawyers are really risk averse. So my, my, my story is a little bit unique. So I am an artist and I went to law school because I had this vision of helping artists like myself. I'm a jeweler. I've been making jewelry since I was 10 or 12. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's fun. I have a good time. Um, <laughs> and so after law school, I had a job at a, at a law firm in Rochester, New York, and I was learning best practices, but I wasn't helping artists and small businesses. So I decided to take it upon myself on nights and weekends, and I basically called myself an art law expert. I started speaking on panels. I was pitching PowerPoint presentations to art galleries. I was uh, writing and getting rejected from lots of magazines where I would offer to you know, write about legal issues for artists. And then one day I found out about Etsy, and I started selling my jewelry on Etsy. And I was looking through their policies, and something jumped out at me and I contacted their customer service team. I, I started talking back and forth with them. And then I started talking with their CEO on the phone. And when I hung up the phone, I realized Etsy doesn't have an in-house attorney and I could add a lot of value to this company. And this is exactly why I went to law school to help artists like on Etsy. So I booked myself a plane ticket from Rochester, New York to New York City, and I called back the CEO. Wait, I have, to, I have oh. to interject here. Hi. Uninvited. <laughs> uninvited, correct? Oh, uninvited. There was no job posting. <laughs> I was not invited. No uh, interview time or date. There just was got no on a plane. Correct. Well, well, I booked my flight, and I said, I'm coming down for an interview. You need an in-house attorney, and you need it to be me. So um, yeah, he, he, he was like, oh, okay, sure. So I showed up, I used my speaking gigs and my writing gigs, the ones that, you know, I didn't hear know about as proof of my expertise. I am very passionate about the artistic community. I knew a lot about his company because I had been selling on Etsy. I, I had all these ideas about intellectual property issues that they might face. And he hired me on the spot. I was the only one in the room. So I uh, broke my lease, I sold my car, and I found an apartment on Craigslist in Brooklyn, New York. And I was at Etsy for nine years, and I helped take the company public. It's amazing. And I almost wish we could tell this story like 10 more times. People, women need to hear this. Like, pick your dream job, envision it, and then just go get it. Go get it. And if nothing else, this time, and just for context, we are, I don't even know where we are in this whole COVID mess. We're, we're in the, in the tri-state area, so I, we could argue we're on the tail end of it, but the rest of the country's not. But now more than ever, life is fleeting. Yeah. Picture your dream job and go get it. I mean, that's exactly what Sarah did. That's right. And, and the thing is, I think a lot of people are really hesitant to hear no, um, but I was building up my no muscle um, for a while by being rejected time and time again from these speaking gigs, from these writing gigs, because I wanted to brand myself as, you know, a lawyer for entrepreneurs, a lawyer for artists. And I wasn't doing that at my day job. So I took it upon myself to take control over my career and do it on my own. Nobody, so this is, nobody's going to have control over your career except you. You need to take exactly. Control. Yeah. And I love the, like how you just went so niche on this too. So let's hop into so. Sarah gave us her five lessons learned. Um, and the first one is to create your own opportunity, which clearly you did at Etsy. But I have to say, very brave 
to go so defined. Like most people would say, I just want to be an attorney and help anyone that needs a legal, that has a legal issue, right? You're like, I want to help this really distinct group of people. Arguably risky, no? Arguably risky and arguably poor. I was getting a lot of pushback from like friends, uh, parents and things. When I was saying, I'm going to law school because I want to help artists. They're like, oh, artists have no money. That is not a good idea. Um, but, you know, I think if you can define your client and if you can be near your client and talk to your client and really understand their needs, if you're the only person in the room doing what you can do, you can add value to that client and then you can build a business, right? Like I was thinking to myself, as I build my brand, if worse comes to worse, I will be a solo practitioner and I will be really good at what I do at representing the artist. And that's what I could do with this career of mine. Um, but yes, for creating opportunities as lesson one, that's what I had been doing. Even in law school, um, I just was always thinking to myself, like, how can I think outside the box? How can I create my own opportunities? I believe opportunities are either earned or they're created yourself. You either earn it by putting your resume in a stack of resumes um, or you create it yourself through hard work. And look, 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 this is what you're doing with your podcast, right? You're creating your own opportunity. And that's what entrepreneurs do every day. Well, and I think too, we forget that when you're, you're so passionate about something, it oozes out into the world that the work will come. It, 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 you know, it's, it's one thing. To, how many attorneys have you met in your lifetime that like, they hate their jobs? I mean, dear God. But when you're so passionate about what you do, I want to work with you, right? So the, the people come. That's right. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they have, clearly. Yeah. You mentioned that you were building your no muscle, and I love the way you said that. That's your second point here, to welcome no. I also think, again, this is not easy for women in particular to hear no. We want to make everyone happy. I don't want anyone to say no. I want everyone to be happy. And, and here you are saying no. Learn how to, to hear it. Right. You know, it's funny because I, I, I have a child. I have a, se I have a seven-year-old, and I was thinking about this the other day. And it's like, if you keep making every basket or every goal or whatever, the, the target's too close. Like if your child just keeps doing the same thing over and over, I'm like, I'm great at drawing the letter zero or the number zero. And right. you're like, okay, it's time to move on to another number, right? You, you have to keep pushing yourself. If you keep hearing yes, 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 well, you're not trying enough to, you're not pushing yourself enough to get out of your comfort zone. So by welcoming no and going for these bigger opportunities, then you, you stand a chance to get something amazing. And hey, if you hear no, at least you tried. You have proof that you tried. And you have right. proof that you went for the, the, the bigger. I don't, why am I using sports metaphors? I don't, <laughs> you went for the bigger dunk or whatever it is. I, I, I have to admit, I do it all the time too. I say, what's your you know, Tom Brady envisions throwing touchdowns. We need to envision throwing touchdowns more. And this whole notion of welcoming no could actually be really educational as well, right? Yeah. Why, why did they say no? And, and take that to the, next, to the next time you present yourself. Uh, yeah, and I heard um, an entrepreneur say this to me. If somebody turns you down and says no, then that's a learning opportunity so that you can mm -hmm. craft your pitch, you can understand your clientele better um, and, and, and really gather that information as opposed to avoiding it. And, right. and, and, you know, there's been studies that, sh that show that, you know, men apply for jobs when they meet 60% of the qualifications and women apply for jobs when they meet 100. Well, by hearing no, you can figure out what, what, what were they really looking for and how can you push yourself a little bit more? And at least you're in the pool to try. 
or to get or to get somewhere and to take out the emotion we take it very personally you know take it's take out the emotion it's business figure out why and move on your your next point i love actually might be my favorite is to use all the brains you have and can borrow and and this again i think we as women think we need to do it all we need to be able to do it all and we can't no i I love this quote. This is this is like a family motto of my parents are entrepreneurs too. Um, this is a family motto, and it's a Woodrow Wilson paraphrase. And basically, my parents would always say, "Use all that brains you have and all that you can borrow." There are amazing people out there who will who are experts who are definitely willing to help you out. We were talking before about getting women on boards. You can borrow these board advisor brains to help to build up your company and. Right. When I got to Etsy, I was extremely overwhelmed. I was I didn't have the network that I needed, and it was on me to find that network and again to welcome no by reaching out to experts, by asking targeted, tangible questions, and to really try to cultivate my knowledge base and the brains of people that I could borrow and then give back, right? So now I'm getting a lot of people reaching out to me, asking me some questions, and I'll either point them in the right direction or I'll answer their questions because I know they're trying to borrow my brain. But this is one of the things I love the most about the organization you created, The Fourth Floor, is that everyone always says, what, what do you need and what could you give, right? What's your get and what's your give? And I know, and you have this fantastic you know, Google chat thing. And one of your members actually told an amazing story where she posted something, legal stuff about an NDA. She had no idea. And she's like, in seconds, I got all these responses from people. And so the beauty of sharing information, you know, we have to, but we just have to ask the question. You just got to open your mouth and ask, and you'll be surprised how it comes back to you tenfold. That's correct. That's right. Yep. And if you can and if you can take all that information and put it all together and, and give it back to the to the universe, then that's just going to make someone else's else's day even better. And you're going to add value for them. That's the thing. As long as you eat right, just pass it on. It doesn't even have to be to the person who gave to you. Pass it on to someone else. And that actually falls perfectly to your next point, which is to be kind now more than ever. We just need to be good to each other. It's it's it, I, don't, I don't know. I guess we, everyone needs a reminder on occasion. I think that's especially for lawyers. And I usually give my five lessons to lawyers. There have been so many times that I've been in the middle of some sort of uh, conflict, you know, lawyers. <laughs> that's, that's putting it gently, I'm you know, sure. You know, some, some, some sort of dispute, litigation or whatever. We're all just trying to live our best lives. I've been yelled at on the, fo- on the phone more times than I could even talk about. And I just think that we should always err on the side of kindness. You never know what the other person is facing. I'm not saying be a doormat and let people walk all over you. Absolutely not. But if you can err on the side of kindness and just try to believe that people are trying to do their best, um, I, I think the world would be a better place. I totally agree. And I, and I use this total, you know, even as, as a parent, my kids will come home and say that their friend is being obnoxious and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but you don't know what goes on at home. It could be a really rotten place. So like give the person a little bit of slack. And I think uh, it's a lesson that we should take, we should take with us everywhere because again, now more than ever that we're so, everyone is just so unsettled and it's so quick to snap. Um, I mean, we're all facing collective trauma at the moment and we don't know what other people are facing on top of that. And if we could just come to a conversation, a dispute or anything, or even if there's something that triggers you, just take a breath, walk away 
and come back with the kindness that you can collect. It'll, it'll just be better. Oh, amen. Amen. Yeah. And finally say yes say to yes. everything, right? Don't say, <laughs> so even if you don't know what to do, say yes and then go figure it out. That's right. I mean, listen, there are obviously times you need to say no. Um, but if something scares you, if something takes you out of your comfort zone, t- take a pause and, and, and see if you can say yes and, and try to say yes. And I use this example. I was asked to do this keynote talk and I paused. I didn't say no, but I didn't say yes. And they found another speaker. And I thought, well, this person's more qualified than I am. Like, you know, like, okay, great. And I went to the event anyway and I watched this person talk. And I just sat there and thought, I should have said yes. I would have done a better job. You know, it scared right. me. I paused. You know, my, my, my grandmother used to say, when it's your turn, take it, because it's not going to be your turn for long. It's going to be someone else's turn. So if it's your turn, say yes and push yourself out of the comfort zone because there is a reason why you're feeling uncomfortable. It's because maybe this is going to help you grow and take you to the next level. And so pertinent now more than ever, especially when so many of us have been working from home and you just feel like, you know, and it's been a while for some of us and you start to feel like, like, I feel like I did, I did nothing professionally the whole month of July. I feel like it was dead. Um, and you just, you, you need that, like that push to get, just get back out there and say yes to the next thing that crossed your desk. And it could completely open a whole new world. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I, I, I was working on some creative projects and I was very similar to you. Just I, this whole COVID pandemic, yeah. what's going on in our society with, with races, like everything is coming right. at you and it's very difficult to be motivated. But, you know, if you can come out of your shell and, and if, you can, if you can push yourself a little bit, um, just baby steps could get you to somewhere great if you can say yes. And somewhere great could very well be the fourth floor for a lot of people because it is, again, a really motivated networking group. I've been a part of many of them. And I have to say, Sarah, you have put, you've brought together an amazing group of women who are so smart and so giving. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons we're, that, that you can say that is we're very selective. And also we are very focused on what we are about. I think a lot of networking groups are like, we want to help women. And, and it's kind of too vague. We are very specific. We want to get women on boards. We want to get women more money. That's what we're trying to do. And we're having conversation after conversation after conversation about that. Well, I'm honored to be a part of it. And I'm thrilled that you were able to share your story. And again, if if you need any kind of motivation, re-listen to her story about how she marched into Etsy. Because I think it is phenomenal. and And you're a role model. And I hope that people even have their daughters listen to it because you just have to go after what you want in this day and age. That's right. And you need to take appropriate risks. I mean, and, and, and why not invest in yourself? I mean, the biggest investment that I made was that plane ticket, right? And people thought that I was crazy. Um, and also, you know, Etsy was 17 people when I showed up. And that was a big risk as well, because I was giving up a job at a law firm that was a pretty, you know, solid job. It had a career path. But sometimes you just have to take these risks and follow your heart and um, add value. And it was it was a pretty good one for me. It was. It was amazing. Come on. Worked out. Worked out. Nine years. Worked out. It worked out just fine. Just fine. Sarah, again, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. Thanks for having me.
presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. In providing wealth management services to clients, we offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. For information, including the different laws and contracts that govern, visit UBS.com forward slash working with us. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, SIPC.